the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, where we discuss all things crypto-related. Your host, Kieran Ryan. Local Bitcoin economic communities are springing up around South Africa, and it looks like this is a trend that will not be stopped. Several of them are in the Western Cape, with names like Bitcoin Ekasi, Bitcoin Ubuntu, and Bitcoin Vitsand. They're headed up by enthusiastic Bitcoiners creating what are called circular Bitcoin economies where goods and services can be bought and sold using only Bitcoin. The potential for Bitcoin circular economies to take root has been helped enormously by the vast improvements in the Lightning Network, which is a network which sits on top of the Bitcoin blockchain and allows massive volumes of transactions to occur. Bitcoin Beach in El Salvador has become a magnet for Bitcoiners around the world, with more than 3,000 of them flocking to the area. The idea being to encourage local businesses to accept Bitcoin as payment and to launch social programs for which participants get paid in Bitcoin. And so it spreads from there. Bitcoin enthusiasts and businesses are flocking to El Salvador which looks like it's becoming a mecca for a new type of alternative economy. The same type of concept has now taken root in South Africa with Bitcoin circular economies in Joburg, Durban, Cape Town and many smaller towns in between, including Swellendam. To explain this further, we're joined by Glenn Eusta, one of the founders of Bitcoin Ubuntu, based in Swellendam in the Western Cape. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for coming on the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast. I was very interested to read about these Bitcoin circular economies. I suppose most people probably don't know with them. And a lot of your work, I imagine, has got to do with educating people on what is a Bitcoin, what is a Bitcoin circular economy. And you're based in Swellendam. So maybe just explain what it is. What is this Bitcoin circular economy and how did you get started with Bitcoin Ubuntu? Thanks very much for having me on this show. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about our project and Bitcoin, I'm always happy to talk about. So circular economy is exactly as you described in the introduction. The idea is to create a Bitcoin-only economy where people are able to transact with each other using Bitcoin only for goods and services. These projects attempting to bootstrap circular economies have popped up all around the world to various degrees of success. The chief example, obviously, being in El Salvador, Bitcoin Beach, whose very small and humble project there led to the entire nation adopting Bitcoin as legal tender. Right. And I mean, it might be of interest for people to know that I was just looking at this recently. El Salvador's economy last year grew 10 percent, which was, I think, if not the fastest growing in the world, certainly one of the fastest. So this has kind of had a and there's been a debate as to whether it's a result of allowing Bitcoin to be accepted as legal tender or whether it's other factors as well. But they've certainly become very friendly to this new type of money. Do you see this as something that can be replicated in South Africa? Well, just going back to that GDP growth in El Salvador, at least that can partially be put down to Bitcoin adoption there. If we look at their tourism statistics, which, you know, the most recent ones I saw a few months ago, I think around March, El Salvador's tourism was up by 95% since they uh, introduced Bitcoin as legal tender. So, you know, an economy like El Salvador's that does rely somewhat on tourism for their income, it's been a massive boon. Could that be replicated here? It's a great question. And I think it's something that projects like our own are posing to our communities and saying, well, if this can work elsewhere, why can't it work here and for us? 
I mean, I think people might be interested. We spoke beforehand, and I think what struck me as quite unusual is the fact that you do have a daytime job, but you will only accept payment in Bitcoin. So you've gone off grid, if I can say it that way, in the financial sense, in a major way. We call it opting out or voting orange to vote out of the status quo and move over to this parallel economy that we now have access to. So I've worked for myself. I've had my own business for a long, long time. So I've been in the position to be able to decide now what form of money I will accept in payment for my services. And I'm also very picky as to what sort of projects I'll work on. Typically, I'll offer my professional layout and design services only to Bitcoin-related projects and only if they are prepared to pay me in Bitcoin. Right. So just talk about Bitcoin Ubuntu. You're based in Swellendam, which is in the Western Cape, for people who are not from South Africa. But you're more than just trying to get merchants and people to adopt Bitcoin. You're also involved in quite a lot of education down there and social programs. Talk about that. That's exactly right. So our project is first and foremost about education. It's modeled on various other Bitcoin community projects that have sprung up across the world. What they have found in trying to kick off these circular economies, what has been met with most success is when an existing social project or upliftment project that's been around for a long time, that's already been working in establishing bonds of trust with the community through their upliftment programs, and introducing Bitcoin into that mix is where we've met with the most success internationally. And so learning from the lessons of these other projects, we are trying to replicate the same thing here in partnering with an existing project. It's been around for more than five years now. They're a youth program. They work with the community in impoverished part of Railton. And Railton is, what is that, a nearby township area? What is it? That's the township area across the road, correct. So kind of in the poorest part of the township of Swellendam come the majority of the children that attend this soccer program, which was established a little bit more than five years ago by a gentleman by the name of Isaac Kivitz, who was a soccer fanatic in his youth, very good soccer player, but never had the opportunity to go professional because of his background. And so his dream is to ensure that the children in his community don't you know, suffer the same lack of opportunity. He's a groundskeeper at the municipal soccer field in Railton, and he was approached by five kids who asked him, please, to be their coach. To which he said, you know, they're not enough of you, but come back on Monday with another five. And they did. And five years later, we're sitting with 90 children. He has six teams, five boys teams and a girls team. This has mostly all been run and bootstrapped and paid for just predominantly by Isaac on his own with a little help from friends over the last year or so or two, but largely carrying the weight on his own. So we're hoping to partner Bitcoin Ubuntu with, well, we have, we've partnered with the Spurs as sponsors and in order to help them with their outreach and fundraising. And so far, we've already met with enormous success and been shown a lot of love by the international Bitcoin community for the work that we're trying to do to uplift and support Isaac's work. Right. I mean, it's called a Bitcoin circular economy. So I imagine you're aiming to have this completely self-sustaining. Can you, for example, live in Swellendam and survive on Bitcoin only? In other words, go into your grocery shopping, go to a restaurant, go to a bar, go to the beach, or paying with Bitcoin on the Lightning Network. 
Is that possible right now? Yes, yeah, it's entirely possible. Your options are rather limited, but using a service like BitRefill, you can easily do your groceries. Pick and pay, you don't actually need to use BitRefill. You could use CryptoQR, but we don't have a pick and pay here yet. So in order to start a circular economy, you need people with Bitcoin to spend. So first you have to be paying salaries in Bitcoin. So that's what we're doing now with the club is that any volunteer coaches that decide to come and assist Coach Isaac, they get paid their wages in Bitcoin. Now, since we haven't yet onboarded spaza shops and smaller businesses, they can still use their salaries to buy their groceries at checkers using a service called Bitrefill. You can easily buy vouchers that can be used for any number of different South African companies and restaurants. So, for example, last weekend, we went with the coaches to the Wimpy. We had brunch there together, paid for by Bitcoin using Bitrefill. On a weekly basis, we buy groceries. The coaches do their grocery shopping using Bitrefill at checkers. So it's perfectly doable. There are obviously places that you would not be able to eat unless you could negotiate with somebody to pay for you and then pay them in Bitcoin. But there's certainly a lot of restaurants already that have vouchers available, the franchises on Bitrefill. And there are additional services like Take-A-Lot, which open up internet commerce to people that wouldn't have necessarily had access to that type of service before. And these volunteers that are involved with the soccer, the training of the soccer and the education, they get paid in Bitcoin, but somebody must sponsor that. Who does that? How do you get that sponsorship? That is Bitcoin Ubuntu and the international Bitcoin community. So we have a donations page set up where we describe exactly the details of our project and what we're aiming to do. And we share that information with our Bitcoin network. And uh, as I said before, we've already received a lot of love. One of our first big donors was Bitcoin Beach, the original project. What happened was they were started up by a donation of Bitcoin. And they've been left with some Bitcoin over. You know, their project is now a success. And they've got some Bitcoin over. And so they are looking to support similar projects around the world. So they were one of our first big donors. They donated three and a half million Satoshis via Bitcoin Ekasi in Mossel Bay. And then we've had a number of other Bitcoin companies and Bitcoin individuals who have sponsored us. So we've already raised enough to pay the coaches' salaries for the rest of the year. We've raised enough to start a fruit for SATS program for the kids. So we will now start to supply fruit on a regular basis to the kids that attend every day. And the way that that will be implemented is modeled on a project out of Bitcoin Beach, Brazil, who develops a POS system, a point of sale system. And they've started a fruit for sets program over there where they feed 300 children every day fruit. The kids pay for the fruit using a Bolt card, which is like a tap to, to pay card. They tap to pay at the POS, they pay 10 Satoshis, which is the equivalent of about four or five South African cents. So it's very subsidized. It's more about teaching them to use this new technology and engage with it, get their hands dirty with it. So we're looking to do the same thing here. So that's the wonderful thing about all of these different community projects all over the world are coming up with different strategies and ideas. And we're able to kind of cherry pick the ideas that might work best for our own communities. So in terms of a wallet, the kids who are rewarded with this Bitcoin, they get a card, a Bolt card. 
And that effectively, like any other card, it's a debit card that they can then spend so their Satoshis on that. Satoshi, for those who don't know, of course, is, is a fraction of a Bitcoin. Is that how it works? It all works off this card? Yes, exactly. So you can have a look to Bitcoin, Ikasi's project in Mossel Bay. They're already a lot further along with a similar project. Now, they have a bigger budget whereby they're able to actually pay each of their kids like a decent amount of pocket money for good behavior and attendance every week, enough that they can go and spend it at a cafe. So we're not as well positioned as that yet. So the kids will be earning really just like token amounts of sets that they then can spend at the subsidized fruit stand. You know, our hope is eventually that we will get enough support and the donations in that we can roll out a similar kind of pocket money program that Muscle Bay has got going so that we can incentivize the kids to participate in community projects outside of the soccer, educational and community cleanup and that sort of stuff. So that's Bitcoin Akasi down in Mossel Bay. And I see that they have a program there where they're training some of the locals to surf. And there's just been a, this tour up on the west coast of South Africa. It looks like it's extremely active. And it's very outgoing. And this is pretty much what was the original concept behind Bitcoin Beach and then Bitcoin Ubuntu as well. It, it looks like a community outreach thing, which for a lot of people behind Bitcoin might find that quite unusual because they see it as an investment project rather than something that can change a society. Well, first and foremost, Bitcoin serves as a hedge against monetary inflation and debasement. So if we look at the history of money, a monetary good goes through stages of adoption. First, it starts typically as like a collectible, a collectible good. It then moves on to a store of value. Once enough people are using it as a store of value, it starts to get used as a medium of exchange. And once everybody's using it as a medium of exchange, we then start to price it. It becomes a unit of account. We price everything in that medium that we're using as a medium of exchange and store of value. But you have to start with store of value. And that's what it's all about with Bitcoin. It's the limited supply, the scarcity, the inability to produce new money for free. Right. And I see a lot of the people who are involved in the Bitcoin circular economies, they're quite strong on, as you say, opting out or being orange-pilled. Is that the expression that you used? This whole idea that the fiat money system is being continually debased and you're going for a system which is going to be bedrocked by something like Bitcoin, which you know there can be no inflation. Yeah, it's rules without rulers, basically. Everybody has to play by exactly the same rules. Nobody's got an unfair advantage. Anybody is allowed to participate as long as they stick to the rules. If you break the rules, you're out. Just explain those rules. Well, it starts with the limited supply. It starts with the absolute scarcity. There can never be more than 21 million. Then it goes to not being able to produce value out of thin air. Bitcoin can't just be printed the way that fiat currency, and when I say fiat currency, I'm referring to government currency, be it the USD, the South African Rand, or the Zim dollar, all of which are prone to eventually hyperinflation. Now, with Bitcoin, because of its strict supply and its strict issuance schedule, in other words, only a certain amount of Bitcoin, new Bitcoin, can be issued over any given period. So there are various rules that are set in stone. It's a protocol. It's a set of rules that define how the network functions and by what rules one may participate. 
Yeah, so those are the rules of Bitcoin. So I'd be interested to hear from you how you think this could be a game changer for reducing inequalities in society because that's something that when we spoke a little bit earlier, you were quite passionate about. Do you see Bitcoin being able to do that to reduce the income gap between poor and rich? Absolutely. Right now, people have the opportunity to get involved in the space right at the beginning where all the innovation is happening. There's huge amounts of opportunity. It doesn't really matter where your talent lies. Whether you're a designer, whether you're a writer, a copywriter, a translator, a user interface developer, a back-end developer, a coder, it doesn't really matter where your skills lie. There are opportunities in the world of Bitcoin. You can work on projects all over the world, anywhere in the world. You can contribute to Bitcoin projects and be paid for your time and efforts in Bitcoin, which again can likewise be spent anywhere in the world. So it opens up an international market of innovators, educators that are working together vigorously to build a better world. And it is opening up opportunities to any and all who would come and contribute in a positive way. So people who wanted to connect up with this community, how would they do that? What's the first point of entry? Well, it depends where you are, but from anywhere in the world, you can join the internet community. So there's a thriving Bitcoin community on Twitter, for example. Great place to start finding out who's who and joining the conversation. But if it's more locally, if you have access to local meetups, one of the best ways to really go and talk to Bitcoiners about Bitcoin and learn from people who are in the space, ask them the questions. They are only going to be happy to help you. You know, there's so many places you can start now. It's not like it was five or 10 years ago. Bitcoin has become more and more accessible and easier to use every single year. So you could go right now to, to blink.sv. You download Blink Wallet. It's developed by Bitcoin Beach in Brazil. It's got a built-in tutorial that will teach you the basics of money, the basics of Bitcoin, what Bitcoin proposes. And it'll even pay you a few sats for learning those little lessons that are built in there. These guys have been fantastic. They've worked with communities like our own to integrate translations into the wallet, Afrikaans, Isizulu, and they've integrated languages specifically to cater to communities like ours, including those basic fundamental lessons in how money works and why Bitcoin offers a better alternative to fiat. I see you just put out a 21-page explainer on Bitcoin, which I read. It's pretty good, quite easy to understand. It also goes into the technical aspects of mining and blockchain in a way that anyone can understand it. What's the target audience for this? Is it anybody? Yeah, I would say that document is for anybody that is a little bit curious about Bitcoin. I think it offers a fairly good overview of the various different aspects that come into making Bitcoin what it is. We didn't develop that document. Those ones were given to us by the Bitcoin Bits for distribution among our community. The document itself was developed by Bitcoin Reserve. You can find them bitcoinreserve.com or Bitcoin Reserve on Twitter. They open sourced that document for people to share. And that's another great aspect of the Bitcoin community is how much knowledge sharing is happening. People open source their work, they share it, they collaborate, they work together to get things done. 
it's a fantastic community to be a part of. So those documents I went to fetch from Bitcoin Vitsant, who have their own little circular economy going there. We didn't even touch on that. That's incredible. They've got more than 90% of the companies in Vitsant accept Bitcoin for payments. So you can go on holiday there and eat there at the restaurants and, you know, you can live there on Bitcoin. So when we went to pick up those documents at the same time, we received two Bitcoin POS machines sent all the way from Brazil via Prague, via Mossel Bay, to Vitsans for us to collect, given to us, because they want to see our Fruit for Sats program here succeed. So we've been gifted those, we've been gifted some bulk cards. I mean, I only started this thing about five or six months ago because People kept telling me, well, they wish they had a Bitcoin Ikasi or they wish Mike Peterson would orange pull our presidents. And, you know, I got fed up with waiting. So I started my own project here. And in less than six months, I can't believe how much love and support we've been shown. And we've hardly got started. I'm so excited to see where we're going to be in four or five years. Well, how did you get started? And what is your background? <laughs> I got started trying to save toward building a house. And the longer I tried to save towards building a house, the further the dream ran away from me because the value of my savings just was being inflated away. I wasn't earning or saving fast enough to keep up with inflation. And so I started to look around for better ways to store my value. And I was stuck with a handful of options, none of them were very good. Like I could buy real estate, which was out of reach. I could get into stocks or bonds, which would require a whole lot of homework or paying somebody to take care of that for me and trusting that they would do a good job or speculating on art or, you know, precious metals. So out of all of those options, I eventually, look, Bitcoin had already been on my radar. It was in trying to find a way to save in a secure, sound, trustless manner where I knew I couldn't be debased or stolen from in any other way that landed me at Bitcoin. And professionally, what do you do? I mean, what's your day job? I come from a background of design. So I worked for many years now as a professional layout artist and designer, mainly in the research and academic field. But as I say, I've currently basically taken a step back from all of that. I'll only do that kind of work if it's in order to help out another Bitcoin project and then only if they're going to pay me in Bitcoin. Bitcoin itself, I mean, you talked about saving and this is something we discussed as well before. Saving is something which is not common amongst the majority of South Africans. Does Bitcoin encourage a culture of saving, do you think? It absolutely does. And the primary reason that people don't save is because they didn't have access to a reasonable savings vehicle. When the global fiat currencies went off of the gold standard, which is to say no money anywhere on earth is currently backed by gold. When it was, it enabled people to store their wealth for long periods of time in a way that was not being debased or confiscated. And so they will be able to build up the fruits of their labors to the point where they could let go of the job that they didn't like doing and pursue something that they did. They could build cathedrals. They could paint beautiful art. They could create beautiful sculptures because they had access to a sound savings technology. 
when that was removed, people's time preference changed. Because when your value is being stolen, you have no incentive to store it. You're going to spend it as quick as you can because it's going to buy you less next week. So if you can't save in a reliable way, where is the incentive to save? Fiat incentivizes spending and lending, living on debt, because your money is worth less tomorrow. So what's next for Bitcoin Ubuntu? There's quite a few things that we have on the table that we're trying to get done. We're starting with trying to recruit three more coaches, and we're almost there. We have one junior coach that's on board now on a permanent basis, and we have two more on trial. So we'll see in the next few weeks how they go. Then we'll have all of our coach slots fold. And our next project is to establish the classroom. So we have a building available to us there on the soccer field. We want to convert that building into walk-in information center and classroom. From there, introduce our Fruits for Sats program because that will expand greatly the number of children that are participating. You won't believe how hungry some of these kids are just for a piece of an orange. Then what we're really hoping to do is to roll out a certified diploma course, which is based on my first Bitcoin diploma course from Bitcoin Beach Brazil as well. So they've open sourced that. They've done all the translation work into English for the global community, and they've open sourced that for use anywhere. So they're rolling that out in Mossel Bay as we speak. I think they have two sessions. So we want to introduce the same thing here. It'll be free. It'll be a diploma course. It'll be internationally recognized by Bitcoin communities such as our own. And that would be free for anybody who would want to complete it. You can find the course material. You should just reach out to us and I can point you in the direction. Then ultimately, we want to be able to raise enough funding to get the soccer club a bus because their biggest headache is transport. And then in order to make the project itself sustainable, we want to get sponsors for advertising on the stadium walls, sponsors for uniforms and other creative ways that we can find to make the Swell and Dam Spurs a self-sustaining project. Then we want to expand our educational efforts into the wider Swell and Dam community outside of just the soccer club and grow the club's outreach to include also other community programs and activities. And if people want to reach you, they can get a hold of you at Twitter. It's Bitcoin Ubuntu. And what's the website? It's the same.org. BitcoinUbuntu.org is the website. There are also communities like Bitcoin Ekasi, which is spelled E-K-A-S-I. You can also get them on Twitter. And Bitcoin Witsand, also on Twitter. I think you guys are most active on Twitter, but you also have websites. The Bitcoin community is very active on Twitter. So if you're interested in Bitcoin, it's probably you know one of the places to start. We also host a daily show from 8 until 10 South African Standard Time every weekday. It's hosted during that time slot specifically to cater to the African continent. That's all about Bitcoin and developments in the Bitcoin world in Africa. Fantastic. Glenn Euster, thank you so much for joining us and explaining what is this Bitcoin circular economy. And we wish you the very best for the future. And we really would like to check in with you and see how it's going a little bit later in the year, perhaps. Thank you so much for having me up. And I'd love to come back and catch up with you when we've made a bit more progress. You know, you've caught us still during very, very early phase of our project development, but I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about it because currently 
the international community is very excited about the work that we're doing here, but it would certainly be nice to have some more um, national support. So I really appreciate you giving us the voice here on a big national platform. Greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much, Glenn. We'll speak soon. Thanks for listening to the MoneyWeb Crypto Podcast, hosted by Kieran Ryan. To listen to our other podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.